Hey Logo Gigs, it's Ian Padgett here and this week I have two guests, Valerie Aurelio and Phyllis Murphy who joined me from the branding firm Landor to discuss the identity that they've designed for America 250. But before we get into that I want to discuss grids. If you look at the best logos in the world they all have one thing in common. They are all well-constructed and perfectly illustrated. And in most cases, to achieve that level of perfection, they would have been constructed and refined using lines, shapes, and grids. And if you want to learn how to master the use of grids, I want to recommend a course that was created earlier this year called Mastering the Logo Grid. And that's been created by a talented logo designer, Jaroon Van Erden. So to find his course, head to logogeek.uk forward slash grids. And for transparency, there is an affiliate link. So if you choose to purchase the course via that link, I will receive a commission at no extra cost to you. And that all goes back in to keeping this podcast going. So when I say Independence Day, I know that there's going to be a few of you that will think of the 1996 movie starring Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. I know that's certainly the first thing that comes to my mind. But if you're an American, Independence Day is a big deal. It's a celebration of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, which happened on July the 4th, 1776. Prior to that day, what we know as America today wasn't actually a country. It was instead 13 individual states that were all colonies of the British Empire. But on that day, they all became known as the United States of America. It's a day that's celebrated with fireworks, family reunions, barbecues, picnics, parades, and more. And in 2026, which is only six years away from now, they'll be celebrating the 250th anniversary of the nation's founding. And it promises to be the largest and most inclusive celebration in the country's history. And of course, with such a monumental occasion, it deserves its own identity. And that mammoth task was given to the brand design agency, Landor. And on this podcast, I'll be joined by two individuals that have heavily been involved in that project. That's Valerie Aurelio, General Manager of Landor Chicago, and Phyllis Murphy, the Executive Creative Director at the same studio. In this interview, we'll be learning more about the America 250 project, how they approach the brand intended for almost 400 million people, and how the logo was designed, presented, and more. As we will be discussing a logo that some of you might not be familiar with, Make sure that you go and check out the show notes for this episode where I'll include images of that and links to further information. So to find that, just head to logogeek.uk forward slash 107. 
Anyway, let's dive into this. Here is the interview with Valerie Aurelio and Phyllis Murphy. So I'm going to start by asking you guys to briefly introduce yourself to the audience. Like I said, I normally do an introduction uh, for the audience anyway, but I think uh, because of the context of this particular project, I think it'd be really helpful if you could both uh, briefly introduce yourself. Well, I am general manager of Landor Chicago, Valerie Aurelio. I bring a mix of creative and strategic experience to that role of leading the Chicago office. Um, I am a designer by heart. I've had a long creative career. I have deep experience in brand building and design. I've partnered with some of the biggest names in CPG and corporate identity across the nation and the world against a rich and varied list of categories. So anything from beauty to baby care to pharma, finance, food, tech, um, I've seen a lot and I've done a lot across those categories. Uh, But regardless of what I'm working on, it's how we work at Landor that gets me really excited and who I get to work with. I love to get messy. I love to collaborate and roll up my sleeves with the amazing creative talent that we have at Landor. And I love to chase the big idea. Brilliant. Thank you. And Phyllis, do you want to introduce yourself as well? Sure. Um, I'm Phyllis Murphy. I'm the Executive Creative Director at Landor Chicago. Um, I've been in branding for about 10 years. Before that, I was in entertainment. And um, that's something I really like bringing into my job now, um, creating and building brands that feel big and bold and engaging. Um, Of course, now I'm a verbal identity specialist um, instead of a showbiz producer, but um, I love it just the same. I do a lot of brand naming, brand voice, brand writing, brand personality, and then essentially I just ultimately am the words to Val's pictures as we like to think of it. Uh, this is going to be really interesting having those two different perspectives uh, from you both. So one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on is because you've been working on a massive multi-year campaign uh, for America 250 Foundation. So you guys can explain this better than me. So would you mind giving the audience some background as to what this project is all about? Yeah, um, I can do that. Uh, So in six years, or actually just under six years now, um, the United States of America is going to celebrate its 250th anniversary as a nation. Um, So this is our semi-quin centennial, um, which is just as hard to spell as it is to say, (laughs) by the way. Um, It's like 18,000 letters. We did give it a nickname. Um, We've been calling it the semi-quin for short. Um, But it does actually promise to be the largest and most inclusive celebration in our country's history. So why wouldn't it have that many letters. Um, And definitely as branders and writers and designers, and as Val said, lovers of big ideas, um, this really was our opportunity as Landor to touch the hearts and minds of like almost 400 million people, right? 350, who's counting? Um, Across (laughs) every state and territory. So just about the brief of a lifetime, as we like to say. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a massive massive project and uh i can imagine it was a big moment for landor to actually land that project i don't know if you guys was involved in it because i know normally sales teams and so on would be involved in this but do you have any idea kind of 
what was involved in actually landing that project? Well, it might not be as dramatic as you're imagining, Ian, because it (laughs) is a huge project, but it's something that has, you know, had its start since 2016, actually, when Obama signed it into law and the U.S. Semi-Quincentennial Commission was um, officially designated to run this program and officially given the responsibility to create this effort and this celebration for the nation. So that was many years ago. And I think through a long and winding road, um, finding the the right partner who could take it on, but also had the passion to lean in and do it with the commission um, in a way that was pro bono. I think Landor was incredibly excited to lean into that partnership and really take a moment to be part of history. So that passion, it really was a passion project. One year ago or one and a half years ago for me, literally on my July 4th vacation, I got a phone call from my uh, regional boss saying, you know what, you need to be in Washington in two weeks to present an America 250 identity. So from a Landor perspective, even though there were many conversations that led to it, it got dropped in Phyllis and I's lap very quickly. And we responded with a very passionate team um, to quickly put something together and go to Washington and talk to the commission about a potential America 250 brand identity, um, which was a very exciting time for us. So you was given two weeks. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks. Yeah. And we love working together that way. I mean, we actually are really, really agile as a studio, but I think Val and I really kind of thrive in the moment together. I think that's where the visual and verbal gets really exciting. We always joke that it's kind of like Saturday Night Live, right? Where you just like kind of write it and do it and perform it and then you move on and you go again. Um, So I think it was actually part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. Are you quite used to working at that speed? Because it seems like a very ambitious project for a very short period of time. We we are used to working with that speed. In fact, we kind of pride ourselves in it. But there's a few things that make it possible. I mean, one is the incredibly talented people we work with, as well as their creative bravery. So it takes some courage to work that quickly. It means we work, um, you know, we work rough and we work raw. People put ideas on the table. They put designs on the table that are unfinished. And we work together to really create magic out of that. But you do have to be brave to work that quickly and to do it in a way where the quality and, and you know, the beautiful craftsmanship is really there. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned this is all a uh, pro bono project for Landor. The initial identity development was absolutely. And we right. were so inspired by the purpose that America 250 came to us with, which was Grounded in our nation's founding principles, we exist to inspire the American spirit in every American and all Americans as we journey together towards a more perfect union. It was a mission that we felt passionate about. And to use Phyllis's words again, it's we have coined it the brief of a lifetime in our studio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think this type of thing, being in your portfolio, um, I don't know what scale it would be launched out at, but I'm picturing that this is probably a big deal when it all happens. Uh, having a project like this, it's going to definitely attract other work. <laughs> oh, well, <let's> <laughs> so th- this this is a brand that celebrates 327 million American perspectives, but you need to use branding to bring that all together into one. How do you do that? <laughs> like, could you talk through 
how you guys uh, went about approaching this project to solve that challenge, um, because I've recently worked on a, a project that was just for a location and that was hard. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the uh, process that went into this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's an excellent question. Um, luckily, America is all about celebrating a diversity of perspectives. So building a brand around that actually makes a lot of sense and comes rather naturally. What I think we tried to do as a layer on top of that was really identify um a way to capture the American spirit. We really started with this idea of it's almost elegant ideals meeting revolutionary grit. And if that is what defines us all as Americans, no matter who we are or what our perspectives are, what our history is, what our nationality was before this, um, that that's really something that brings us together. Um, our country is really defined by diversity. So it felt um, like it made a lot of sense to really go after the American spirit and capture that. Um, and obviously, that idea from many one has always just been very relevant to our culture as a nation. Um, but there's a couple other things that were more tactical, right? Like, so one of the things we did was create a very lean messaging platform, because as you can imagine, the desire to tell every single story a million different ways, especially with such a massive undertaking, um, you know, that can muddy things up from a brand perspective. You need to stay pretty focused. Um, so we built a very lean messaging platform that we could filter visuals and verbal through um, that's really based on the principles, again, that start to define the American spirit, which is unite, educate, engage. Um, so everything we look at or evaluate or create has to fall under one of those things, or it's not America 250. So that helped a lot with just trying to focus and narrow. Um, also just creating from my perspective as a verbal identity specialist, having a consistent and unified tone of voice was another really important aspect of creating a brand, right? Um, so something that could actually express the American spirit, um, you know, something that could flex from being very commemorative and honorific to actually being a little bit provocative and rebellious. Again, that kind of elegant ideals meets revolutionary grit. We wanted that to come through in a very unified tone of voice um, that felt like it could hold a lot of different perspectives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm interested to dig into the the, the process of that a little bit because okay. I know I know when I came into this conversation I didn't have any background as to the length of time that you had on the project. I, I had the assumption that this might have been something that you'd uh, been working on for a long period of time, <laughs> huge budgets and so on. Uh, so I, I pictured that you would possibly have to go into a lot of research, having conversations, you know, doing all the usual user research or anything like that to speak to um, uh, Americans in general. Was there anything like that for this or have you, because of the restraints on time, have you needed to reference what you already know yourself living in the country? Well, I can answer that. I mean, the the commission itself 
and the America 250 Foundation have embarked on quite a bit of research over the past two years, where they've discovered things like, even though right now our country, and especially right now, feels divided physically, socially, you know, politically, um, that division is a, is a perspective and a perception that's sort of permeating I think national and international news. Agree. But when the commission actually did research among Americans across a very diverse section of the population, um, they found that 80% of Americans feel that unity is the right theme. Mm-hmm. And they also found that 80% of Americans are proud to be American still. Um, a lot of other research. And then the themes of educate unite and engage were also very well received. So the foundation itself has done some research that really led to this very purposeful mission statement that I mentioned before. Yeah. So that work has been done. Now I think the creative work as, you know, as I said, has been um, more intuitive coming from us, very based on that strategy that was put on the table. I think to your point, Ian, the work to come as more agencies get involved and more um, hopefully, you know, um, creative people get involved. I think that research is to come. They're currently conducting listening sessions as well. So as a full group and a sort of a powerful cross-functional team with the commission and the agencies that are coming in, um, that work is to come to make sure that we're not only speaking to the nation, but we're really activating and engaging different audiences across the country. Yeah. So on that basis, does that mean that this is potentially something that will evolve and become what it needs to be rather than existing as what it is that you've created? I think the identity, the logo identity itself, you know, will stay in its form in the sense that it's been protected by the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. The semi-Quinn yeah. language has been protected. I think the Department of Justice is involved. It's like that's who you want in your corner when you're trying to protect a brand because it is the official America 250 organization for the nation. But our hope and our vision for this brand is that it does evolve and that it's a six-year and beyond conversation that partners, states, you know, government officials, every organization like the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, Major League Baseball, we want everybody involved in this conversation and ultimately individuals as well. And we see this brand sort of experimentally evolving over the next six years. It's really a new era in branding and that it's not about control and consistency. It's actually about a cohesive brand experience that can evolve and people can participate in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we've spoken so far about the messaging and um, uh, how the brand will be communicated to the the audience. Are you able to share a little bit more about the process for how like you came up with the identity for this? Oh, Ian, I thought you would never ask. I like to give some background. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just been an amazing process. So in the beginning, when we first got our brief, we activated all four studios across the U.S. So Chicago, New York, San Francisco, and Cincinnati. We had creatives across those four studios engage in the first you know, design rounds around what should this brand identity be. So we've had cross-country crits where we looked at 
every possible expected and unexpected symbology of the American spirit. As you can imagine, there were no shortage of, you know, stars and stripes and flags, eagles, torches, red, white, and blue. Like it, in a space and a topic that has been so well trod in the past, you can imagine how much we had to get out on the table in order to really interrogate and explore what the the symbol or identity should be. Um, It was an incredible challenge to create something that was recognizable as American. So again, something that could provide unity and engage everyone, but not really familiar or dated or even trite, because again, you know, the symbols and um, iconography around the topic of America are just vast. So we dismissed a lot of things that came out in the beginning. We dismissed marks that um, had combinations of colors or forms or symbols that started to cue, for example, a certain branch of the military, or it started to cue Um, political campaigns, or it was all red, or it was all blue, one or the other. We wanted to avoid anything that felt divisive in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of stuff we looked at started to feel sports, or we had a beautiful identity that was based on the torch of the um, Statue of Liberty. And we, we had to let it go because it was actually feeling very Olympic in nature. And so because these symbols are so well ingrained in culture, we really had to find a solution that felt recognizable as American, but not something that was already owned by someone else. So as you can imagine, just the massive amounts of digital and and physical paper trail that was created as we put (laughs) things up on the wall and really had discussions about, oh, no, that starts to feel to this, to that, whatever. So really rich, creative design conversations. And then including that verbal personality and understanding how that was developing at the same time. Again, as Phyllis said, our verbal and our visual processes inform each other throughout the process. Right, right. Can I just quickly ask, so you mentioned that all four studios were working on this simultaneously. How did you coordinate that? Like how how did that all work? Did did you have to all meet up in one location or did you do it over Zoom? How how did that look from a process point of view? <laughs> yes, we were doing remote working before we had to be remote anyway. <laughs> because we do consider our talent to be boundaryless at um Landor. So we would have all the creatives on the call. Phyllis and I were the creative leads on the project. And it was about wrangling all of that work and really giving, you know, inspiring and vibrant briefs to get people involved and passionate about the project and aligned with the mission. And then also just having really honest and candid crits where we're like, nope, that feels like the military. Nope, that feels, you know, like Major League Baseball. And so really being um, collaborative, yet having that vision for the brand in order to bring everything together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how did you know when you found the solution that is out there now? That's such a great question, Ian. I mean, ultimately, the best solutions are the simplest solutions, right? So we determined that expressing the name America 250 in the mark was the most elegant and ownable solution. Uh, So our brand identity 
was created to capture the American spirit. So when we looked at the typography that now sits over the logo, we saw the strength and the fierceness Mm -hmm. of the American spirit in that typography. And the way that now we can really geek out, the way that some of those serifs clip together and connect really stood for that collective strength of ourselves as a nation and that we stand together in that American spirit. And then that word mark of America was literally stamped on top of what we like to call 250 years of dynamic and very human history. So all of the lines in the 250, um, you know, those billowing lines, again, ultimately represent the diversity um, and mix of perspectives that have brought us through the last 250 years And then importantly, will propel us to the next 250 years as well. So when we saw that, we felt like it was recognizable and ownable because the 250th anniversary was embedded in the mark. Mm -hmm. So there was no mistaking what this was about. And then that strength of the American spirit stamped on top of it was really what brought it home for us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to include an image in the show notes because if people don't know what we're talking about right now, it's going to be hard to understand. So I'll include an image in the show notes and I'll link to uh, the the America 250 website so that people can get a feel for the brand. But um, something that you didn't say, I don't know if it was intentional or, or not, but it reminded me a little bit of American currency as well. You know, the, the detail yes. on like money and uh, stamps and um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. It really does have a, a real feel of America, but it's something that I haven't seen before. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because the other piece that our team was so inspired about was the fact that the anti-counterfeit Um, The history of design there is so beautiful from a design perspective. When you think about passport documents and and founding documents and currency, and that design language really did inspire that engraved look on the 250, as well as some of the flourishes or ornaments that you'll see in the full brand identity. And we linked that back to the idea that the American spirit cannot be replicated so as an American, if you travel the world, um, it, you you understand that about yourself um, upon return, that the American spirit is something that's a unique perspective on the world, and it just can't be replicated. So we liked working that through um, a design idea around this anti-counterfeit aesthetic. So I loved that you picked that up. Yeah, it was the first thing I noticed. I, I, it really did remind me of, um, I, I guess, as someone that isn't American that doesn't live in America if I ever need to go there one of the first things that you need is the currency or whenever you communicate with anyone in America you need the stamps and so on and it just captures that feel that you associate with the country when you travel there as an outsider Mm -hmm. Um, there's a quality to it I don't know exactly what it is but it does reference a lot of the history of the country, like the uh, legal system. Um, uh, it, it, it references all of that in, in some way, and it's, it's a clever solution, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, even that idea from many, one, e pluribus unum, which is we carefully avoided saying that because we certainly weren't trying to 
link our identity so closely to money that it felt shallow. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, that artisanship to creating something that can't be duplicated. And then also acknowledging that from many one, um, that, that principle that goes back to our individuality within a diversity of perspective. So it is kind of a profound mark and I have to, it's so interesting to everyone, I think. So maybe you want to link people to it as well. Look at <laughs> well, I, I don't see any harm. Um, yeah. I mean, my my knowledge of like the origins of America is probably from like Hamilton, <laughs> you yeah, know, the play Hamilton. Yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> and... so inspiring to some of how we approach the tone of voice, to be honest, that idea that's that's the elegant revolutionary grit right there is Hamilton yeah oh yeah it captures that and I think um you know part of that foundation is the legal system yeah so whether that was intentional or not to bring in that reference to the origins of a, a legal system that unites everybody together it works whether that was intentional or not it's interesting when you create a mark like that, that you can read all of these things into it, even before it's had a chance to, you know, uh, bring all of these meanings and so on together through association. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you should check out the Bicentennial logo. They couldn't be more different. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll link to that as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, um, it's interesting to us if you just hold them up to one another, it's, um profoundly different approach to expressing the identity of our nation okay i'll check that out okay so as a team as a company you narrow down i assume it was hundreds of different options to what you felt was the perfect solution so i don't know how it worked in your case especially since this was pro bono Uh, But was there any, did you need to present this to anybody? How did that side of the process work? Like, uh, did did you need to go to someone and sell this dream? Or can you share some insight into that? We did have to sell this dream. We went to Washington and first we did a small executive version of the commission so that they could narrow. And we presented probably six different marks to them. And ultimately, after several rounds, and we do, we do as an agency, uh, like to listen. And so that is one of our superpowers where we really took the input of the commission, but also, you know, gave them the power of our um, broad perspective on the nation and, and the industry and a more commercial space and brought that to them as their partners, um, as they were coming from a more governmental perspective. So we sort of had both of those perspectives come into this as we narrowed. And ultimately, I think what sold this mark in was that it was both modern and historic at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the magic of the sell-in. And I remember thinking to myself, as I was standing in front of the commission, they have no idea what they've signed up for. I think they fell in love with the mark itself and the idea that it did have a sense of historic modernity to it. But I think when we were thinking about 
the full brand expression, which Phyllis and I later went to DC and presented to the commission, um, we were thinking they have no idea how cool this is going to be. And we're so happy for the country that they've made a bold choice by working with us and choosing this identity, which is going to lead to this really beautiful, exciting brand expression. And they have no idea what they're in for. So we were were happy with the sell um, and we were happy that they were happy. But what we didn't want to do, you know, is take something and allow input from um, a group of people that are so brilliant, but not designers and, and, you know, not um, marketers. And so we wanted to make sure that we brought our expertise to the table um, combined with their amazing reverence and respect and intellect for this anniversary and brought something that the whole country could embrace. So we were thrilled with their choice. Mm-hmm. So how many did you present? I mean, at the moment, I'm focusing on the the logo specifically. We can go into the brand uh, after this. But did you just present the one and 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 show what it could potentially be? Or did you present a number of potential directions? We presented six directions to the smaller commission group. And then Phyllis and I went to DC with one <laughs> that the executive commission was recommending to the full commission. And it was quite a meeting, wasn't it, Phyllis? <laughs> it certainly was. But that it all that's the American spirit right there, right? Like we're going down <laughs> to DC in our pantsuits and we are going to present one logo to one of the most powerful commissions that we've ever been in front of in our lives. But um I think that it that was super exciting. Um, that moment where you are um presenting the identity for a nation to people who actually work for the nation, right? Like federal employees, commissioners, people whose entire soul is really embedded in how our government and how our nation functions. And it's a moment of, I mean, in some ways, it's like that moment of you are confident, but then you are also a little bit creatively out there, right? Like you're you're either gonna sink or swim at that moment. Um, so I I thought it was thrilling. I needed like five cigarettes after we finished. <laughs> I dragged Valerie to a park to sit on a bench Ooh. with me, and we just smiled. And I mean, people were so enthusiastic over actually having something right? Like this was the first manifestation. This was the first thing you could kind of feel, look at, touch. And and it actually made the whole experience real to everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before it was like, it was on paper and it was line items in a budget and things shuffling around and decisions being made in committees. But all of a sudden they had something they could look at and that they could, I mean, identify with, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, it was, as exciting to present um, as it was to watch them understand what it meant to be America 250 finally after, you know, a year or so of anticipation. Sure, sure. I I just want to put a little bit of focus on this presentation. So you mentioned that there was two that you needed to do. There was one where you needed to present six. Yep. And then you you presented it, I guess it's to the people that have the final say, the one direction. So these six that you needed to present, were you sold by any of the other options or or was you always really uh, quite confident in this one direction that you've taken it in? I think we had, of the six we presented, I think we had four that we would have been really excited to mm-hmm. pursue as landowners sure. um, and as designers and creatives. 
there were three buckets sort of that we presented in. One bucket had marks that felt much more uh, bold, simple, and modern. Mm-hmm. So much more abstracted, bold shapes um, and simplicity. There was another mark that was more about of the people. And so it was very, it was much more casual and celebratory and had a bit more of a hand done feel to it. Um, and then there was this other bucket, which the a final mark came out of, which was the modern historic bucket. And so right. we really did present three different approaches to the design. And that really helps people when you're in a meeting, when they're not designers and they're not marketing experts. Um, it helps them understand sort of the implications of what you're saying, if you can gr- group them into approaches. And so the modern approach, it just became, uh, it was just, there just wasn't enough history to it. It looked only like where we were going. And then the casual mark was beautiful and approachable and maybe a pr- more appropriate for the commercial space. And it just didn't have the gravitas that we needed to be able to, for example, fly over a war memorial as well as be present at you know the, the thousands and millions of picnics that will be happening on 2026, July 4th. So it was it was a mark that could stretch and flex and do the things we needed to, to do without being too much of one thing. Sure. Okay. Okay. So the presentation where you shown the one thing, because the audience is made up of graphic designers, I'd love to know, and you can get really nerdy about it and share details and so on. What did you present? What What exactly was it that you shown to this group of people? Well, we showed obviously the mark, but then we actually started putting the mark in some of those contexts that Valerie was just rattling through. Like we did fly it on a flag. So we created a prototypical or illustrative example of what that would look like. We wanted to see it on a t-shirt, on a Coke can, on a pair of Levi's. Like we wanted to let them know it could be commercial. We put it on sneakers. We put it on baseball uniforms. Like we kind of celebrated the experience of America 250 almost across every category and sector you could think of to show them that flexibility and to show them that stretch so that it was going to be honorific when it needed to be. It was going to be celebratory and fun and cheeky where it needed to be. And then it was going to be sort of everything in between. So we went down there with just a lot of in situ applications to help them really understand what this world would look like when we built it out completely over the next six years, of course, but um, lots of dream pieces, lots of what ifs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So was it like uh, a PowerPoint presentation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. We, we actually did bring real prototypes of t-shirts because, you know, a commission loves a good, a good piece of merch. So we had some physical things that we brought with us. We had some boards to ensure literally that people understood our color theory around why we had chosen the specific colors. And we passed some of that around, but ultimately it was a PowerPoint presentation and it took place in the historic Decatur house, which we could, you know, literally see the white house from the window as we were presenting. That is cool. And then, um, so in terms of these physical items that you had made up, I've only heard, you know, a few people do this and uh, I mean, it makes sense to do it in this particular case. Um, but I think, uh, in situations where you can actually show the real thing, yeah. it 
cements it it already makes it like this is it rather than this is what you could potentially have and I assume that's one of the reasons why you um, actually had a few bits physically made up yeah I think that's astute. And then also we had to kind of protect those because it wasn't a public identity yet. Right. And it was, it was, this was a presentation. We were building that consensus around the identity. So um, we did have physical objects made up, but then we had to sort of protect them from being sneaked out (laughs) of the Decatur house so that there wasn't any sort of leaks around the identity before we were really unveiling the final version. So that was interesting too. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I haven't heard anyone that's needed to do that kind of thing yeah <laughs> um because I, I yeah it makes sense you you don't want anyone to take this and and register it especially after doing so much work so I mean on that basis was there anything that you needed to do as a as an agency for uh security reasons to prevent any of this stuff going out because it is a project of that scale that needs some level of security around it <laughs> Yeah, in in these early days, it was literally just the Landor Studios working on it. And so from an agency standpoint, it was internal. But then right. that does relate back to why there wasn't an extensive amount of testing. We weren't, we weren't putting this up on digital panels and things like that to see what people thought. And although we wanted to, we were also really balancing with that with, if this gets out too soon, if, if people see this, if someone picks it up, um, you know, we're just dead in the water. And so it was a really interesting mix of protection. And then obviously, you know, taking all of the right precautions with vendors that were doing our t-shirts and things like that with NDAs, but making sure we were legally right. protected there, but also just really loath to let it out because it's such a big topic. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be a, a vulnerable topic. And so we didn't want it to get... um we didn't want it to leak before, you know, we were able to appropriately launch it. Right. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so we've spoken briefly about like the initial language that you came up with. We've spoken about the logo and I know uh, there's a whole load of other stuff that you're doing as well. Do you want to share a little bit about that as well? So the rest of the brand identity and and everything else that you're doing along with that? Sure. It's early days yet. And as we build this, some of the things we're looking forward to creating, it's really more of a motion graphics package around it. So Man versus Machine is a Landor company and they are world-class motion graphic designers. And so we would love to get them involved. We're so excited to do that. Mm-hmm. We're very excited about what signature sound might be for this brand and for this experience. I mean, I think ambiently, the story of American music will be a rich topic for the brand. But as far as an ownable brand identity sound, we're very curious to go after that. And then we're also curious, you know, and and excited to start creating what those experiences might be as we look forward to people beginning to participate and recognize this brand. Do you have more to add? No, I mean, I think that's perfectly said. Like, as you started talking, I got excited about sound all over again, though, because I thought <laughs> the American spirit sound like I kind of drifted away there creatively for a second. <laughs> you know, I did too, I because know. it's like, oh, this is fascinating. I, I wonder what, what, what does it sound like? <laughs> sounded like and looked like was hard, like from a verbal and visual, but like, you know, it's, 
it'll be interesting to work with the Smithsonian Institutes and create, yes, a landscape of sound that celebrates the indelible mark America has made on music in the world. But also, if you just had to get it to three seconds, what does it sound like? I mean, it's so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, and challenging as well. And challenging. You you'll know it when you like you'll know when you hear something that isn't it you'll know it right <laughs> oh yeah definitely definitely but yeah it's nailing that nailing that, that. sound so yeah <laughs> challenging so I I also wanted to ask you guys because I understand that you're not doing this project on your own as an agency and that Fitch is also involved in it and it sounds like other agencies will also be. Um, involved in this so how does it work when uh, there's multiple agencies working on a project like this like if there is there any guidelines or anything that you're able to do as an agency to bring in consistency or is it like the company itself so um, the America 250 company organizing all of that collaboration well right now at the America 250 foundation is really partnering with us and looking to us for consultation in that space. Um, Brand management and stewardship is something that, you know, we have a a long history in. I think the first part of your question is an easy one, actually, because Landor and Fitch have actually merged as a company and as a design agency and branding agency. So it's relatively new news in the industry, but Landor and Fitch came together about like 18 months ago. And so now we are officially Landor and Fitch and we've become... Oh, okay. Yeah. So we've become the largest brand agency in the world, which allows us also bringing Fitch into the Landor um, fold allows us to be um, incredible brand builders and strategic designers along with the brand experience and retail and digital expertise of Fitch. So together, it makes perfect sense. Oh, wow. That's that's fascinating. So I, I, I mean, obviously, I did a little bit of research prior to doing this. And at the moment, as an outsider, it still looks like two separate organizations. So I guess that's still transitioning at the moment. Yes, 2021 will be big with us coming together, <laughs> one site and one. You know. Ah, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Exciting stuff. <laughs> okay. okay, so... Um, So once you've finished all the design work that you did, has there been any kind of official launch of this? And and how did you go about doing that initially? So currently we are still in the very exciting phase of building this airplane as we try to fly it. And there's no place Phyllis and I would rather be as creative partners with someone, um, especially America 250. And so part of this endeavor for us is to work with the commission and the foundation to make this dream real, to use to use your words, Ian, um, to, to really sell the dream. And I think for the brand to take hold in the hearts and minds of the American people, that will help draw bigger partners uh, both government and non-government and corporate and commercial partners to help us actually build this experience for the nation. So it will be a self-fulfilling destiny. What we put into building this and architecting this experience is what the nation will get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been a really interesting place for us to be. Um, so the work is, has only just begun We do anticipate July 4th, 2021 being a large public awareness 
piece that needs to happen because that will be the five-year mark. And that will be a wonderful time to introduce the brand to the public and really start driving that awareness. Sure, sure. Okay. So there's like five to six years to go until this all um, becomes a big thing and, and everybody gets involved. So what's next for this project? I think there's the possibility of really having a signature moment around what comes next for the semi-quin because the celebration um, could continue in an interesting way. We've talked a lot about creating almost like a digital monument or archive. You know, we're just in a brainstorming. Um, It's interesting to now be brainstorming seven years ahead instead of six years ahead. So once July 4th, 2026 is over, I think this actually starts to get more interesting. And a lot of the assets that we've created, a lot of the assets that other people contribute to with their own creativity, um, I think those could actually become a living, breathing, eternal monument. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, 250 is a very significant landmark. And America is in itself fascinating that it actually has that uh, fairly recent origin story. Right. Um, and I, I think you're right that uh, the, there's no reason why uh, once what was it 2026 yep. uh, comes that this could become the foundation for so much creativity and it's going to be completely out of your control <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so exciting though sometimes I think especially as creatives and I know Val would agree that there's something very exciting about giving over creative control and letting other people create around what you've created. I mean, that is sort of the free exchange of ideas and it's the free exchange of creativity. And I think that's part of what makes this brand special as well, is that invitation to participate and engage in a way that's really never been done with a national identity before. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be really exciting for you because it will have a life of its own and you literally have no idea what it's going to become. It's going to be quite exciting, I think. Um, it's a long time to wait to see uh, what actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what this becomes as well as you. Um, okay, so we've got about eight minutes or so. So I'm going to ask one last question for you and we'll see where this goes. So you've done a lot of work with this project. Uh, you've both been working together. Uh, it sounds like it's been a huge, uh, potentially challenging project. So what's been the biggest lesson or the biggest takeaway uh, for from working on a project of this scale? Um, I love that question. I, it actually for two reasons. One, because I think the the answer is interesting, but also I think it connects back to the first question you asked about sort of how do you create a brand for 327.5 million people? Um, my biggest lesson or my most valuable lesson has been um, doing that without being generic, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I'm used to having a target audience, but a target audience of almost 400 million people, like that is a little different, right? Um, so creating a brand that can be universal and resonant, but not generic or trite, I think that's been a super valuable lesson for me creatively and very inspiring creatively. Sure, sure. And Valerie, do you have any uh, thoughts of your own? 
I do. I think we work in an industry that thinks in minutes, in hours, days. If you're lucky, we think in weeks. So back to our recent conversation about the timing, I think thinking about how we want to progress the work and the brand over the next six years takes a vision. So a vision that has some flexibility in it, but a vision nonetheless. And so we want to go from awareness in 2021 to full national participation in 2025 and 2026 and beyond. So when we're talking to people in 2020, you know, they're looking at us like, why would I get involved now? This is still six or seven years away. And, and in my head, I'm always thinking, ah, it's only six years away. We have so much to do and create and build. And so, so this idea of being able to attract people to the mission and attract people to come in and help build the experience over a long period of time, I think that's been a mind shift for us to really build it from scratch um, and think about the six-year strategy and how to get people um, involved and excited and inspired so that the vision that we have for this brand of full participation from the nation can actually come true. So it's a very interesting model for us to be working in. It's not just a brief and here's your logo. It's actually come join us from America 250, help us build this, be thought leaders in design and creativity and transformation. And that's what we're trying to do. So it's a very exciting time for us, but also a lot of lessons to be learned along the way on how to think at that scale. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I know that my audience, based on stats, there is a high percentage of uh, US listeners. It's almost... I think 40% of listeners of this particular podcast is from the United States. So I think I need to ask on, on behalf of them, how do they get involved and how do they find out more about this project to potentially get involved in it in some way? What a fantastic question. <laughs> I love that. I love come one, come all. Uh, we need help. <laughs> so I, I think the short answer to that is um, as we launch into a public awareness in 2021, you will start seeing this come to life across hundreds of federal agencies. So think things like National Parks Services. They've officially announced their partnership with America 250. Think big commercial partners. Think states and all of the ways that, that um, the states adopting this as we try to get them into the fold and come into this America 250 identity, but in a way that celebrates their state, that stuff will start to trickle down through those state commissions as well. And so as it goes from very national all the way to local, there should be opportunity and organizations that are looking for help in expressing this, designing experiences, um, you know, creating opportunities for people to play um, mm -hmm. and be part of the celebration. So we hope that it will permeate um, through all of those channels, sectors, um, organizations in the country. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can definitely picture that even like listeners of this that are interested in logo design, they could even do like their own variant of the 250 and, um, you know, see what comes of it. A little bit like... Uh, the LA Olympics logo, you know how it has that part where people can do their own version of it. I can see this 
being something like that as well, potentially. <laughs> yes, the artistic interpretations of it, as well as yeah. interpretations of the way that we layer the stories. So sometimes we've we've created things where we layer the the two fifty your moment of American spirit that you want to celebrate, and then the America on top of that. So it's built to layer and play and express, and we can't wait to see what some of the artistic and design interpretations turn out to be. Amazing, amazing. Well, I think that's probably a good point to wrap up this interview, but I think it's been absolutely fascinating. And uh, as I said at the beginning at the beginning of the conversation, this is a, a huge, fascinating project. And for both of you, it's, it's the project of a lifetime, isn't it? So thank you for sharing um, some of the background, some of the insights into what you've been working on. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what the listeners think of this episode. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ian. Thank you, Ian. It was a pleasure. So hopefully you enjoyed this interview. And if you're keen to learn more about the America 250 project, head to America250.org. Or if you want to learn more about Landor, which is the agency where both Valerie and Phyllis work, head to Landor.com. Alternatively, find the show notes for this episode where I'll also share a transcription of the interview and I'll link to any of the resources we discussed. So find it, just head to logogeek.uk forward slash 107. And if you want to discuss anything mentioned in this interview with me and over 10,000 logo designers from around the world, join the Logo Geek community on Facebook and it's totally free to join and it's very active so if you have any questions want any feedback or just want to meet some other like-minded logo designers that's one of the best places to do it so to find that head to logogeek.uk forward slash community or just do a search on facebook for the logo geek community so that is it for this week but i'll see you the same time next week for another exciting episode of the logo geek podcast